0: Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Something Good For You Podcast.
1: Yes, welcome to our little uh, radio station we have set up. (laughs) So, uh, professionally.
0: Yes, as uh, promised on the uh, last episode, we're actually a little bit more prepared this time. Uh, And in fact, we have a special guest with us. Uh, Cap, would you like to give him a formal introduction?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in our very elaborate (laughs) studio we have set up, (laughs) Mr. Simon Stravelli of the Commonwealth. Welcome, sir. (laughs)
0: So, the way we're going to roll things on here is first we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Repo Record sponsors the show, and we're going to talk about them a little bit later on. But first, Hate Energy, our little energy drink, sponsors the show, so why the hell not? I will make sure you have a can before you leave. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) But what we like to ask anyone we wind up coming in here is, what do you hate? <laughs> Let's kind of get this ball rolling. Sponsored by Hate Energy. How much what do you, you ha- have? Man, we can go <laughs> we as long right. as you want. We have all fucking day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the quickest thing you wouldn't mind, at least,
2: <laughs>
0: saying politics. that you I hate. hate. Politics. Good. Excellent. Because that is the number one rule about this show is this is a something good for you podcast, and politics is not good for you. <laughs> and that's why we will chat about. Art, music, movies, books, television, video games, whatever's good for you. We will just never, well, and he'll try to talk sports, but you know. (laughs) Artists just need to quit pretending they have the answers. (laughs) Yeah, because we're musicians. We don't have the answers. We haven't studied this shit, you know? At least that's my opinion.
3: No, 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 you're absolutely right.
1: So, yeah, I can't fucking stand the politics shit either. (laughs) No, we're just, uh, there's just too many people doing that for you, any anyway, and they're all building their uh, brands based on their takes and their personalities when presenting it too. So, and it's also and it's obnoxious. A, pull the microphone just away a little bit.
0: It's, That's why I said he you know, acts weird. See, we're still
1: we're still figuring it out. We
0: actually have the Zoom recorder this time, but Cap is still having to use the cell phone while we figure out the best way to work the Zoom. So he's still acting weird and putting a light right against his face.
3: <laughs> so I Almost personally think... Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like the adults in like the Peanuts cartoons. Mm. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what? I hate your attitudes right now. <laughs> uh,
0: no, and it also feels like you can't escape politics shit anymore.
3: Not with social media. No, no. Uh, Social media, I think, has made things so much worse.
0: I've also, I've honestly believed that. I honestly don't think things are quite as bad because people are always saying, "Oh, this is the worst of you know times for this, that, and the other." I think we're seeing it quicker now. Because it took news a long time to actually get around, even in the 70s and 80s. Right. Now, you can immediately live record something, and within five minutes, it could be viral.
1: That
3: Yes, that is true.
1: And just politics in general and people that run the country, everything behind the scenes is more transparent than ever. So it's just more obvious, than so everybody. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but right. again, this
0: is delving into politics, and it's like that's, that ain't shit, that shit ain't good for you. No, it's not. <laughs>
1: Nobody's really looking out for you. That's no. all I'm trying to say. <laughs> no matter how much you love them and respect them, they're not really looking out for you.
0: No, you oh. gotta look out for your uh, you gotta look out for your fellow man, your fellow brother. Yep, that's what it really comes down to, in our opinion.
3: Yeah, I'm all for that.
0: What would be a good point to bring up is you are an amazing band called the commonwealth
1: that's right thank you thank
0: and what i would say maybe a few <laughs> weeks you. ago a month ago you released a brand new ep
3: i'd say about maybe two months ago okay something like that we have we don't have hard copies yet it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's all been um it's just been released on it's on Bandcamp. right on it's called worst things first and um joey park was very meticulous and patient with us <laughs> <laughs> and those are two qualities that i look for and uh he did he did a great job and we're very we're we're, we're, we're happy with it i was actually apprehensive about it at first because mm-hmm. um, i'm my own worst critic oh yeah you know? i think we all are and, yeah. and i'm like well there's this, this 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 and this i should go back oh man i should have gone back and done this differently or whatever but after listening to it a few times, it's I'm 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 okay with it. I'm happy with it. Uh, and I'll
0: tell you, first time listening to it, it, it immediately grabbed me. The production is one of the things that did grab me because with Cap and I working at you know Fifth Man Studios a lot, mm-hmm. we hear the tiny differences. Steve will go in and explain to us, be like, "Oh, you may be able to hear a tiny difference, but look at what I did to do this tiny difference." So. When I listen to new releases, unfortunately, I'm kind of picking it apart, the production everything in my head. So when I listen to you guys' new
1: record, I was like, wow, that was one of the things that did stick out to me that I thought was really good. Joey knows what he's doing, clearly, and he's been doing it for a long time anyway, right?
3: He quit his job to do this full time. Wow. He built the studio in his house, and um, I mean, he's fucking awesome. Does oh. he need session players? <laughs> <laughs> I Cap's love the, starting to whore himself I mean, I love, out for session work. I, I hardcore. We, we show up at his house, and then he had the, you know, the, like the separate uh, rooms off to the side. He's got the room with the microphone that's with, with the padded walls mm. and everything, and then he's got with the big window, and then he's got the other room with the uh, the, the monitor and where he does all his magic. The control room. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It sounds pretty the similar carpet, to
3: the cockpit. Yeah,
1: yeah. That sounds pretty similar to our setup, where it's just a Steve's room is just a padded room too, and everything is recorded in there. And <laughs> Steve in a padded room,
2: <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> but with all the foam and stuff to capture sound and warmth
1: of a room for those that aren't. Studio savvy, <laughs> right, right, right.
0: No, I find the you called it the uh, you called it the cockpit, the cockpit. Uh, yeah, well, that's... in in Steve's uh little cockpit area, it's actually a mural of the Millennium Falcon in the background, so it actually looks like you're sitting there in you the go. cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> there you
1: go. It just goes to show you don't need a huge studio and huge elaborate toys to get something that fucking good on record.
0: No, you just have to know what you're doing with those tools. I mean, some of the best records recorded in the '50s, '60s, and '70s didn't have a lot of technology. either. <laughs> Fascinating,
3: isn't it? It really is, is because I'm sitting there and you know we are looking at the bar grid, mm-hmm. you know the sound waves and everything. I'm like, man, this is fucking just like it's captivating. It is, and I'm just like, this is so cool. I can do so much with this. I, if I had, you know, if I had that, mm-hmm. I. I I wouldn't leave the house. So now I know why Joey quit his job.
1: Steve doesn't
0: either. <laughs> he doesn't
3: leave the house at all. No, uh,
0: his studio is just right in his backyard. He wakes up in the morning, takes care of the kids, that's makes so sure that cool. the house is all taken care of, and he boogies on out that's, to the studio and starts working on yeah, different projects. That's what that's what Joey does. Yeah. And like
3: I said, he was very uh, meticulous and, and, uh, and patient with us, and... Um, is this
0: the uh, first real recording that Commonwealth has well, done? Well, we did
3: or? one at the Milestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. D- uh, Dane Abernathy, he, uh, he recorded it. And it was eight hours. Right. So you try to put as much into eight hours as you can. Oh, we've been
0: there. <laughs> yeah.
3: And it's a good recording. I I, I have no problems with it.
0: But I think as the band grows and you start getting more familiar with the songs, every time you step into a studio it's going to just wind up being better. Well, and I think that's why we've re-recorded some of our old material. Well,
3: Brandon, um, Brandon Hamby from Sedu- the Seduction, Seduction, yeah, yeah. He, um, he he's been asking us to come up there and uh, uh, and record with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, y'all just come up for a weekend or whatever. And I fucking love Brandon to death. Him, right, he, he's an awesome guy. I've been hitting um, them up for session work too. Yeah, and I love what he's put out. And he did the Van Huskins City. Oh, oh, did right he? I I yeah, which Word. is fantastic. Shout out to Van Huskins. I want Huskins. to get Eric in
0: here. That'd be fun.
3: Yeah, I love those I think, it, I think
0: Eric's a big Kiss fan, so I, I think we can have a pretty decent <laughs> Kiss chat on that one.
3: Hus- I fucking love Van Huskins. I drive an 88 Astro van, which I named Huskins. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Excellent. So, but Brandon wanted us to come up there and record. And um, it's up in Wilkesboro. Mm-hmm and i i, I kind of wanted something a little, a little bit more closer to town like if i get off work one day and i'm like okay well i want to go by here and try to redo vocals or add more more of this part or right. more of this part i, I can do it without yeah. having to drive always well. because yeah after you after you hear it a few times you're like what can i change about it mm-hmm. and um and it's
0: something you could just be so dead set on while you were recording it too. Right. and then you listen to it three, four days later, and you're like,
3: mm, exactly. So I need
0: to go back. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, I want to go back. oh, and then you come up with like another riff or something or right and, you know, like, oh, this might sound cool. I do this.
0: that a lot with my vocals. I'll wind up having... My guitar takes, I'm pretty happy after the first two. Like, after one or two takes, I'm pretty happy with my guitar work. My vocals, I'll wind up going in and redoing them about two or three times before it finally gets released. This is like the first time around is me kind of feeling it out and everything. And then the second time will be my, okay, yes, this is the one. And then about a month into it, I start, like, singing it to myself, walking to work again. And I'm like... I think I could sing them better now, and I go in one more time, and it's like, okay, yeah, I think we're good now. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, I hear you. And uh, I'm not much of a vocalist. I yell.
0: Well, see, I would I would disagree with that, because especially listening with the uh, record, Daniel has some really great bass riffs, and he helps carry your vocal melody. You have a really well, Dan great has, melody.
3: Dan sings two of the tracks on the mm-hmm. EP, um, the third and fourth tracks, and Dan actually, Was it one of them, um... um
0: Lack of faith. Lack of faith. That's right. that's one of my favorites on there. That was very good. The harmonies on that and the just the good song structure. That's I really like that one. That's all Dan. He is a great. He is an amazing. Song he writer. is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Great I'm, ear for melody too, even with the bass and the vocals and making it aggressive as fuck. But I yeah. have to say, my favorite though is uh,
0: "Back in the Fight." A lot of people like that one. That, that I've always, <laughs> every time I heard that one live, I was like,
3: yes. A lot of people like that one, and there's so much I. I want like to do with that song, mm-hmm. you know, because I got the the harmonics in there, yeah, you know, and I we we incorporated at the end of the song, just it's it kind of like a crescendo, mm-hmm. just kind of building it up and building up, and then actually did the whoas and in, in, in if you hear like the, the last chorus, the second chorus and the last chorus, you hear like a faint whoa, you mm-hmm. know. And, that adds to it as well.
1: Right. Well, hell, I figure we can talk about this all day, but why don't we play it for everybody listening too? <laughs> all right. Well we, well, we might as well. So uh, at this
0: point, we'll go ahead and bust on in. This one is which one do you want to play? Lack of faith or yeah, back in the that's fight? What I
3: was saying, yeah, lack of faith. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: Well, this is show lack a of faith. Some love. <laughs> We're just... yeah, there he had a birthday We've
3: yesterday. Been talking <laughs>
1: about the song. Might as well show it to everybody.
3: <laughs> all right.
0: Well, everybody, this is lack of
3: faith.
1: Hit
2: it.
0: like a vape, excellent no that, that shit is really good Um, how much different times have you gone in the studio because you said uh, you recorded the one EP at the milestone
3: mm-hmm. and then that, now this one yeah that was all in one day mm-hmm. and then they're like oh well you guys can you know we'll say you guys beer too like okay <laughs>
1: so, those milestone recordings are you know sonically if you use Dane to record your stuff Dane's his very house good at what board, he does he is it sounds good but Dane, we've and we've done several of those too, but half the time you're having fun on stage. Shit goes yeah. flat. A and bunch of clam notes are hit. <laughs> right. And
3: this was our first one. And this is back when, uh, Dan Gardner was playing guitar with us. Uh, so, mm-hmm. And he, he's always a bit of a letdown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> putting it lightly. But no, seriously though. Um, Dane is very good at what he does. Yes. I love when Dane works the sound for us. And he, he did a good job with, with our first EP. It's just like I said, I wanted to be able to go back and change a few things. Right. And Joey, of course, gave us that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Makes the songs pop a little bit more with all the little uh, bells and whistles he does. Yeah. With it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd go up there and then Jen would go and get Chinese food. It's like, here you go. okay we here for a while cool
0: (laughs) we'll see but now since you've associated Chinese food with the recording next time you go in and record you're gonna have to have Chinese food
3: Yes. No, 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 It's like a given not familiar. now. <laughs> I
0: was, was going to say, because we wound up having that ritual, the very first time we recorded our uh, full album, the morning of, Mikey picked up... Hipster uh, Killers? Yes. Um,
3: Great fucking album. <laughs> Thank I you. Love. I was going to say, we weren't, I wasn't
0: even trying to segue for that. Mikey picked up a bag of uh, powdered, like those little Mrs. Fields small powdered donuts. Oh. Every time we <laughs> the go... Yes. Yes, little cocaine <laughs> yeah, yeah, donuts. <laughs> Eat two of them, looks like. You, like you got blow all over your shirt. <laughs> get your nose Drugs. out of that
1: bullshit, Mike. <laughs> Drugs are bad.
0: So <laughs> yeah, every time we go record now, he has to pick up some donuts. And now when we go to the rim, it's kind of become part of his, I guess, lore. And now they bring him donuts <laughs> when we go to play at the rim, which we definitely gotta get the Commonwealth up there at some point Where's too. Where's the rim? West Virginia. Okay. Like in the mountains. If okay. we could find, if we could find a good midway spot between. Here in West Virginia, we could make Uh, that happen. Richie,
3: uh, my drummer, Mm -hmm. he lived in Virginia for a while. He knows people up there. We've been looking at playing like Virginia Beach. Oh, no, Mm. no, maybe Richmond. I can't remember. We've been
1: looking at Richmond for a little bit, too. I know uh, a lot of good bands pop through Richmond on their way down south, too. Richie
3: knows uh, people in Virginia. Right on. And so he's been trying to get us to go up there for a while now. And so uh, that's not out of the question. Excellent. I mean, we can go to Virginia, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to go up up to the, north, you know, the northeast coast and everything. Definitely. We've been planning that
1: out and thinking about doing that kind of stuff, too, man. Yeah, come 2019, who knows what's going to happen, because I
0: want to get a lot more rolling with you guys. Um, we saw the stir with Fozzie the other night. And so from Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andrew and I were talking a good bit, and we were kind of already uh, planning and scheming for 2019 <clears> and what we could wind up getting accomplished uh, talked with uh, Devin from the Cheats.
1: They live in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I'm
0: with them. Uh, Devin Holiday from Dirtbag Love Affair, Nikki Six looking guy. Oh, <laughs> there you go. The, the guitarist. Yeah. yeah, dude, I saw them
3: when they played one night, an outdoor show at Salvador Deli. Uh huh. And it was Dirtbag Love Affair with uh, Zoe Vett. Yeah, I was at that one. The Outdoor Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. at that one. When they had the meltdown on stage? Mm-hmm. Oh, what? <laughs> during, during Zoe's set, the sound kept going out. Yeah. And Dirtbag Love Affair, I guess the guitarist, what's his name? Devin? Uh, Devin, yeah. Dude, he had a total fucking meltdown, and just oh. threw his guitar down and stormed off stage. And the band was just up there like, "What?" And I was, and everybody's just like in silence. I started clapping, I'm like, "This is amazing!"
1: Oh yeah, this is the best thing I've ever seen. This was before my time in Charlotte, apparently. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. This had to be like what, 2012, 13, somewhere in that area. Earlier,
3: probably around 2008. Okay, well, man. Have- you know, you, know, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Because I was living in Concord until about 2010. hmm And I moved back to Charlotte, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that so that was a good few something. years before you
2: rolled right. in. you rolled in uh, what, 2014?
3: Uh, yeah, tw- fall of
1: 2013. Yeah. Late in September. The uh, yeah.
3: Gorgor Luchadors had a wrestling match that night, too. I, think
1: I vaguely remember that. I think I showed up uh, after that. wound up
0: happening. I think I was working or something. Or either I just actually no, I was living with Tony at that point. I was living in Noda, so I just wound up riding out with him whenever we did that. I love
3: Tony. I Mm -hmm. fucking love Tony. Tony's getting on the show too at some point. (laughs) But maybe it's just me. But does he not look like fucking Paul Rudd? (laughs) (laughs)
2: I can see it, dude. He totally.
3: He totally (laughs) looks like Paul Rudd.
2: Oh, that's
0: awesome. Well, and, and tying all that together, it's like, so Devin, he's in the cheats now. Okay. Uh, so we've already been chatting some. Definitely get some stuff wrong with that. Of course, Grave Rollers with Tony. Dude, they
3: were awesome. Oh, my God. That was my first time seeing them over at the uh, Tipsy Burrow. Mm-hmm. Dude, they fucking rocked. I love that project. It is so good. I thought it was going to be like more reverby, mm-hmm. horror.
0: Right no Rockabilly straight no. Ahead. and what's yeah, funny dude. is he was saying that's what's fun about the name being Grave Rollers is people kind of expect one thing and right. then they get another and they're pleasantly surprised and
3: it's like dude this is like that, that first song they opened with is like dude this is like punk rock as fuck it's like
1: they all dress like Rockabilly
3: guys but then they just go in and just rip this it fucking punk rock and rockabilly's, I love Rockabilly but it's amusing to me because it's like it was almost every Rockabilly band you see people feel like they have to dress the part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got the, you got, you got the bowling shirts, you've got the, the pompadours, you've got the, the wing tips and everything.
1: I used to have a polyester shirt with some
3: Cadillac, uh, Cadillacs
1: I in the front do, of it. <laughs> like I want to do a rock <laughs> band
3: where it's like, nobody looks the part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, right.
0: I was going to say you'd have to really think outside the box on that because you'd have you already have like the horror uh, like the horror punk psychobilly yeah. thing yeah, and then you've got like the punkabilly where they've got like you know the mohawks and the jean vests right, and right, everything
3: right. Like, uh, so, so what would be the psychobilly they have the yeah. the, you know, the, the triangular helicopter. they look like Joe like Buck like coffin cats Hank, and necromantics Red, so yeah, bad, the whatever. likes of that
0: so, we'd, you'd have to think a little more outside the box. What could be the different subculture beer metal uh, rockabilly with <laughs> yeah. some leather and spandex? Oh my god, get up there with the black and white face paint and everything. <laughs> oh my god, yes.
3: Oh, black metal. Psycho Looking like pandas. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and just do like the oh little
2: like <sighs> screaming
0: on top of it, but with like. Oh no, it'd brain. be like straight up rockabilly music, but they would just <laughs> look death metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, I think that uh, would whoever be served. starts this. <laughs> right. Like this right. Is rolling. <laughs> we just came up with <laughs> a new yeah, genre. Yeah, we don't have to get paid. At least just give us credit. Yep. <laughs> well,
3: it's interesting because I've talked to uh, Felly about it, mm-hmm. and y'all, you guys know. Feli. Oh yes. Yeah, and um, she is uh, an amazing talent she's great um, vocals oh my god
1: not also just to plug simon's further work simon plays with a lot of people yeah, in town too
3: so what are some of the other acts you're playing with we have a band called bottle of smoke met an accordion player when the commonwealth was, was on tour well i say tour but it was like literally three cities Right. Oh no, it's, it's that's
0: about as far as any of us are really going to. We rode around
3: in a bus, damn it.
0: <laughs> we politely call it a run, but in our yeah. heads, it's a tour. It's a tour, a <laughs> yeah. weekender. So, oh, yeah. so people don't judge us. We call it a run, but in our heads, it's a exactly, tour. Exactly, exactly.
3: And we were in Atlanta. I met this guy because actually, I was wearing this exact same shirt. That it's I'm a wearing Pogues now.
1: t-shirt Ooh. with. Uh, Singer on the Sammy like,
3: Gowan on, and, yeah. and this guy comes up to me like before we go on, and we start talking about the Pogues. He's like, "Dude, I love your shirt," and um, turns out he plays accordion. He's fantastic at it too. I mean, the guy is he's he's a great frontman, great showman, just
1: a all out performer and musician that just
3: very much so kills it. And so we started talking, and um I was in another Celtic. Band here in Charlotte called Ghosts of Burn.
0: I really like that. I saw those. I saw you get play with those guys a few times. That was really we
1: were cool. on a bill together with Ghosts. You did mm-hmm. double duty one night at Visual Light. Yeah,
0: with us. yeah, with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and Feli- a and uh,
1: Felly was uh, singing
0: with you guys for that too.
3: Right. So things did not really work out with Ghosts towards the end. Nothing, nothing bad, but it was like you know we we each had our own mindsets on yeah. where to, on where to go right it's, it's cool because ghosts um have actually asked me to come and play mandolin with them a few times oh acoustic shows mm-hmm. whatever yeah yeah and so and i played the tenor banjo with them as well but i met this guy brian down in atlanta and um so i left Ghosts of Benickburn and I, I started a band with him and <laughs> having a member of a band that lives like out of state yeah, you know, that's hard.
0: That is really hard, especially Atlanta. Like South Carolina for us, it's like
3: yeah, yeah. you know, that's in the line. Yeah, this but is Atlanta, it's like five hours away. Yeah, There's, that happens more
1: often than you think, too. with band members just being like out of state by.
3: We've actually done several this. hundred miles. We've actually done the Skype thing.
1: Oh yeah, really? Yeah.
3: At practice. Wow. And so Felly and PK plays fiddle. Felly plays guitar, and um, PK is so
1: fucking. Good. Dude,
3: that kid is fucking good. He's a brilliant songwriter.
1: I'll will t- blow up I'll blow smoke up PK's ass before here in a bit, but uh continue your story. Sorry about that. But no,
3: um, I asked uh, Feli and PK if they wanted to uh, jam with uh, this accordion guy that I met on tour, and uh, they're like fuck yeah, I asked him to come up here. So he did, and um, <clears throat> it's cohesive. Right on. Because we each know our parts. If, there was a chemistry. There yeah. and uh, we're like, oh, yeah, we know that song, of course, okay. And um, so I've got that going on. And then Felly has her own act, which I've recently got on board with. Is that
1: Archaic Agenda or no, is that something that's else? Smelly Philly, oh, okay, just Smelly Philly. There's her songs, yeah, her, right her
3: originals. I've been playing, I'm attempting to play mandolin to her songs, like I was telling you earlier, right today. It's like it's for a song that's written that doesn't have a melody for like a mandolin or anything. You have to find it. Yeah. Because you're going on the chords that she's playing. It's like, okay, here's A minor, C, and G. Okay, I need to come up with a melody for that. Oh, that's, That works with the vocals. hmm Yep. And so.
1: And she's got some pretty strong vocals, oh, too. Oh, dude,
3: she's, one, she, she, she's an amazing singer.
1: We're getting to the nitty gritty of arrangements right now. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you wind up getting a bunch of music nerds in a room. That's what it just
0: Uh winds up coming down to. Speaking of music nerds, I think it's time for another plug. Repo
3: Records!
0: That's right. (laughs) I always feel like Oprah when I do that, though. Uh Hello, everybody! (laughs)
3: You get a car You get a car You get a car Everybody gets a car You get a
0: record You get a record You're out of the
3: band You're out of the band Everybody's out of the
0: band Oh Oh, god Now uh, Have you played Repo yet? No God, they, y'all would go over Will. That is one of the cool things that I really like about Repo, is Those that they're still continuing shows, to put on. Uh, I would say later afternoon. Uh, usually when we play, they're about from 5 to 7. Yeah. So it's about early That's evening. Perfect. Oh, yeah. And, they'll, and they have them on Friday and Saturday nights. They're closed on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So it's an awesome even little get-together, because what we'll sometimes do is play an acoustic gig there to promote the Milestone show that we're also playing the same night. That's cool. Like as the full band. Like when uh, The Stir came through, we did that with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Andrew along with the Felons, which is me and Cap. Right. We ran over to Repo that same night, played a little small acoustic performance and so did Andrew and then we hot-tailed it over to the Milestone and then played a full band show together.
3: Do they require acoustic performances? No. And no. Any scene of Anti-synia. all bands that
1: played there. Yeah. Full setup
0: and that everything.
3: That is true. I, actually, you know
0: what? You're right. I've, yeah. I've Borden Heist, a Trash Room, whole I bunch like of real good. Heist. Oh, God. See, we've got to get Owen in here. So, Owen right. and I have been friends since, God, I was 13 or 14. So, we've got a ton of shit. So, I'd love to get Owen. Those in guys here. are
3: fucking good. Cody oh, yeah. got Cody's cody got, to... got riffs, man. Mm-hmm. Cody's got to meet fucking Wayne Kramer the other night. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Cody is Russ Ward's kid. That is correct. Circling it back he's to any Scene. Guitarist from Annie And I've known Russ for a while. Russ, he's a good guy.
0: Oh yeah, no it, Russ is Russ is definitely like an uncle for me because uh, of course Cody and I. Cody is who introduced me to Owen, so it's like okay. if we want to take the friend group even further Cody,
3: back. Cody's got riffs. Oh, he's
0: I've, an I've excellent watched excellent
1: guitar player. I've watched
0: that kid grow from like not knowing <laughs> the, like the, a single note, you know, neither one of us knowing a single note on guitar, to what he's doing now, and
3: I'm just that like, kid's damn. got riffs. And he's got the whole... Uh, uh He's got the look now. He's now got the Pat's. look. I what, love the hair. What's, what's the uh, the guy... What, what band is that? The Melvins? hmm He does have the Buzz haircut. I yeah, can see yeah, that. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Buzzo. <laughs> oh, got, God. He, I've never noticed but he But he wears, like, the blazer. He's mm-hmm. got the hair and everything. Right? He's got his own thing going on. I'm Definitely. like, dude, that's fucking cool. And he just rips.
0: And the thing I love about him is he is a good technical player, but he plays with style same thing with like with me I'm not 100% concentrated on hitting the exact 100% note every single time mm-hmm. if you play it with a certain force it comes through because you know sometimes that slightly off note or slightly off bend can actually improve the song or sound good especially like you know in a studio recording so he, he's just one of those guys that just gets up there with just that raw aggression and just power yeah. with those solos and everything he reminds he just... me of
1: Mick Ronson from the old David Bowie records he's got that you you know, like attack, but the flare too. Sloppy but tight, if that makes
3: any mm-hmm. sense. And I will...
1: Controlled chaos.
0: Yep.
3: And a lot of people might disagree with me on this, but I think Mike Ness is like that, too.
0: Yeah, uh, It's in the early days. I I'm feel a- that he's been a little bit more...
3: He's got, a cleaner, t- t- he's, he's got a cleaner clean. tone he's up these his days.
0: Tone, yes. yeah. I like but,
1: it. I'm a fan of like fat, clean tones like that, but as opposed to the older records, it's a definitely a little bit more I mean, slick yeah, I think, than it well, was.
3: I mean, his solos, it's like, dude, I can play this solo in like oh yeah. in like two minutes.
0: It's all well, because I think he comes from a lot of that gospel background and a lot of that he's kind of putting the What you would hear is almost uh, vocal harmonies in the background. That's what he writes his guitar riffs as. Very
1: melodic. His little uh, lines that he plays are very melodic. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, that's all you need.
3: People rip on social distortion. I'm a fan. I've been a fan. I definitely like him. You know, I've I've been a fan for years, and I still like him to this day. Yeah,
1: I understand understand the hate that comes from a lot of the community. He's simple.
3: He's a simple guitarist. Was the energy he puts into it
1: and the tone, the flair. Yeah. I, I appreciate I mean, tone over technique nine times uh, out of ten. Oh,
0: trust me, we're no strangers to um, uh, having to deal with people trashing a band that we enjoy. You know, I do enjoy social distortion, um, but I mean, hell, people still give kiss a bunch of shit. You know, and we're, we are diehard kissers. <laughs> <guys. laughs> I <laughs> am not. Uh, <laughs> right. But well, we actually, I well, we understand the hate. Well, too. see, but see, here's
3: the That's thing hate. I don't hate them.
0: I
1: or, was, but we understand disregard uh, too, I guess. It's
3: like it's like a parent who's at their child with like disappointment, it's like what the fuck.
0: <laughs> well, here actually, that's as one hundred percent perfect because here actually since we're just talking about general music stuff, let's actually there's been a ton of music news this week. Right. Between different stuff being released, which we're not even gonna go into that because Slash recorded a well released a new record, Super Suckers came out with a new record, yes. Danco Jones put out a new single.
1: Nashville Pussy's got a new record out that I forgot about yesterday.
0: Yeah, so next and that's week killer. so next week we might just have to do uh something good for you album review just talking about all the new shit that came out literally this last week. It's not like oh, we're yeah. trying to pick through and find stuff It's like no, all of this shit dropped this week, so it's it's like holy fuck.
3: (laughs) I'll be in land next weekend, so
0: oh, excellent. Well, what actually? Real quick, uh, plug your shows. Well, this will come out a week from yesterday, so will it be too late?
3: We're, to plug the show, yeah. Well, uh, we're playing at the Irish Bread Pub in Covington, Georgia, right. as Ball of Smoke, me, Felly, PK, and Brian. The next night we're playing at the Highlander.
0: There we go. So give people details on that one.
3: Yes, the Highlander. Have you been there? I've not. It's fucking awesome. Where is that at? I have no idea. It's in Damn Atlanta. It. It's like oh, in oh it's a, in Atlanta. It's in uh, yeah. It's okay, okay. In Atlanta. I just don't know what well, part because there's like several sections. Yeah, of the you got a little five points. Word. Yeah, shit. yeah. It's, it's in Atlanta. Okay. It, Word. The Highlander, it reminds me of the Milestone. Word. And you can still smoke in there. No, oh, excellent.
1: That's Georgia in general, too, <laughs> though. <laughs> oh, we've got many things, it's many stories dude. about some awesome times in Atlanta. Dude, and, I don't smoke, and I chain smoke whenever we
0: play
3: Atlanta. <laughs> and the Commonwealth will be playing the show as well. Next, right on. Oh, so you're playing Double Duty. Oh, Those yeah. are always Actually, fun. Actually, Smelly Felly is, is opening up. Oh, word. So <laughs> like Triple Duty,
2: <laughs> is Smelly Philly,
3: yeah. um, Bottle of Smoke. Smoke. Um, my accordion has another band called Bucky Lassard. Mm-hmm.
2: Nah. Yeah, they're, I like
3: re- <laughs> they're really good.
0: I, I like that little play on words.
3: It's cool. Yeah, Bucky Lassard. Yeah. <laughs> and I th- think the Commonwealth might be headlining. I'm not sure. Um, that's all yet to be uh, determined. Well, but, what's um, the date on that one, sir? That is next Saturday, the
0: 29th. Excellent. Well, when um, you come on back, we got to maybe get an extra member or two in here, give us a little review of the show and things that coming up.
3: Yeah. Yes. I want to get – yeah, especially
1: PK. I'll, I'll talk about PK. Uh, I'll blow up – smoke up his ass for a little bit. <laughs> He's a good kid. <laughs> smoke up his bottle. <laughs> bottle of smoke up his bone. Laws. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I do open mic nights at uh, Tommy's Pub just about every Thursday. And not just saying just outlaw country songs and truck driving songs and shit like that, too. But I remember I was singing and playing acoustic guitar and PK was in the back being drunk as shit, playing his fiddle, you know, just for the fuck of it. Just hanging around and doing it because he was enjoying himself. And I hear it as I'm singing and playing. I'm thinking, where's that coming from? I was like, PK. Dude, get up here! That sounds awesome. <laughs> and then Pico's like, "All right," and he comes up and plays like all of the harmonies and all like the cool, the cool like th- cowboy chord uh, lines on the fiddle and everything that I'm singing. And it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Word, yeah,
3: he's he, he he's very good.
0: Well, I tell you what, since you're not too big of a Kiss fan, I'd love the, I, This is going to cause a great conversation, right? So let's rewind time a little bit. Right. Uh, 1996. Kiss announces their reunion tour. They get Peter Criss and Ace Frehley back in the band. They put the makeup on, do a big worldwide tour, sell out Dodger Stadium in a matter of a few hours. Kiss is back on top. By 2000, they are announcing their farewell tour. That was supposed to last from 2000 to 2002. Flash forward to today, they are still touring.
2: Jimmy uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Buffett does that.
0: Is that. Uh, Ace Frehley and Peter Criss are longer in the band. They have Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer in the band wearing Ace and Peter's makeup
1: which causes no. a lot of
3: controversy among the fan base. Oh, yeah,
0: including ourselves. Yeah, we don't like no, that.
3: I, yeah, I would change it up. So... look like a panda. <laughs>
0: black well, see, panda. but that's their argument. They're like, what are we going to do, giraffe guy? It's like, no, you could be creative. You had Vinnie Vincent. He had the... <laughs> put dots. Uh, <laughs> Just put black
1: dots all over your
0: face. Yeah. See, <laughs> so sugar skull.
1: And the drummer's on record saying, I don't play, play like Peter Chris. Nobody should hate me for it. It's like, actually, that's why we hate you. <laughs>
0: So, KISS announces once again that they have a tour called The End of the Road is their absolute farewell tour. Do you think they're (laughs) honestly going to quit? If they said in 2000, I don't know because here's the thing is Paul's voice has been really fucked up. I think Paul Stanley is quitting. Do you th- do you think they're pulling another farewell two thousand? They're not. but do you think they're You're, trying to pull another two because they that's what they justified continuing to tour. They're like we said farewell to the original lineup. We said farewell to Ace and Peter. We want to continue on. That's you, how they rewrote it, history for it, that one. It
1: might be you know just a farewell tour as far as extensive runs. I'm sure they'll do pop-up shows here and there at festivals or like TV appearances yeah. if the money's right. You know, when Paul Stanley turns 70, because that's the one thing really that keeps me from going to see Kiss at all is because Paul Stanley's voice is shot.
3: If and he's more like, than half the band leaves, mm-hmm. call quits.
1: They're already glorified tribute band,
0: in my opinion. So it's like if they start replacing even more, it is a tribute band.
1: Even though you have the two main singers, I'm sure that carries it for what it is. But they've been running the coattails of that image and the classic makeup designs for so long. Yeah. That carries the band more than the music does these, day, uh, these days.
0: See, for me, I think they should have just genuinely called it quits. In 2000, 2002, yeah. when they were doing the two-year farewell tour, they should have just called it quits then. But it's like, because they were
1: saying they wanted to go out on top, they didn't want to overstay their welcome. Well, they've overstayed their welcome now. <laughs> and honestly, you think if they'd have... Genuinely quit in 2000. Do you think individual, each individual member, would have killed it as solo acts on their own post? No,
0: because Gene would have released the asshole album like he did. Yeah, Paul like, would have released his fucking right. pop, uh, his pop rock, you know, synth album like he did. Right.
1: I mean but I imagine it'd be like Vince. Tommy
0: would go back to playing in black and blue and Eric would go back to, you know what well, well Ace would keep doing his shit and Peter wouldn't do anything like he did anyway.
1: Right. But well, I would imagine it'd be like what Vince Neal does where he just goes out and plays Motley Crue sets. Well, that's what I was gonna lead into. That's I was trying to tie all this together. Motley Crue
0: is going back in the fucking studio.
1: They're working on uh, music for The Dirt. They got a Dirt movie coming out that the, that Netflix has picked up. And they're recording, uh, I guess, new versions of their classics for uh, or like four new songs. Original can... lineup? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always been those four anyway, except for like the brief period in the early 90s, but.
3: What changed in the 90s?
1: Vince quit and they had John Karabi sing on an album that was object- objectively not bad. But the fans hated it.
3: What What album was that? I think Who it was just, Holiday. Yeah.
1: Don't okay. ask me. How- how I know What's so much about, about Motley Crue, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've read The Dirt and had all this shit memorized, I guess.
0: I just I don't like Motley Crue, period. I, I just really don't.
3: I, and that's okay to say.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really do not like the guys. I,
1: they're all genuinely bad humans.
0: They're bad humans with bad music, but it's like, I, I had to sit through them to get to Kiss, which was also disappointing on that dual Tour, and I talked about that before, not going into that, but... Their last tour, they signed that whole document and everything saying they couldn't be within a certain proximity of each other and they
1: wouldn't tour again and all this shit. And now they're going back and recording more shit. I think that contract was only bound to like maybe touring or playing shows.
0: Well, my overall arcing thing between Kiss and Motley Crue, which is when should a band finally hang it up?
1: Yeah, when they've been too long at a party. They stay too long at the party.
0: Because sometimes if a band calls it quits and does one little comeback, that's really cool, especially if it's fan service and it's waited a long time. Right. But bands like Kiss and Motley Crue that have called it quits and then come back and then called it quits and then come back so many times, how many times can they get away with it before people just honestly don't care anymore? That's
3: a good good question. One band that did it
1: right... uh, One. one band that I'm not genuinely really a fan of their music at all, but I feel like did it the right way, was Twisted Sister. Dee Snider is 60-whatever years old and is and said numerous times, gravity wins. <laughs> so I'm not going to be on stage just heaving and hoeing, uh, doing my uh, rock star thing at 70 and watching my body give out. Yeah. And that's why they only did a handful of shows last... I think it was last year and called it quits from there. Yeah. Because they knew uh, that... Because I
0: know Watch, you're a classic Kiss rock guy, sh- so I'm sure, I said, I know you're a classic rock and punk rock guy, yeah. so, you know, I'm sure there's still some bands that, you know, tour around today that, you know, had classic records that you listened to, so, can you think of any of them that, you know, is Looking even still worth it? is
3: playing tonight at Rabbit Hole. Oh, no word. That's, That's right. right. I grew up, I, dude, they were one of my favorite bands in high school. I fucking loved DRI, man. And I saw them... <laughs> I saw once years ago with Exodus and Body Counts. Wow. Oh, that
0: wow. would have been a brutal show. Dude, it was. Oh, I, got, God, I got trampled
3: man. in the pit. I had shoe prints all over my fucking shirt. I met Ice T. That was cool. <laughs> oh,
0: I bet that was cool. You
3: know, he's short, man. Is he? He, is. He's he, short. he does. He definitely does not seem it in He is videos. short. That's like, why
1: he's as yoked as he is
3: still. <laughs> <laughs> I walked by him. He was in the corner and he had his posse around him and everything. He was just sitting there talking to a few people. And I was like, yo, Ice. He looks up and I'm like, man, I just want to shake your head, man. And Ice <laughs> seems like he's cool like that, too. Dude, he was cool. Yeah, Ice, he was cool. And um, yeah, so I saw DRI. This was like 91, maybe. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh, the uh, Body Count album came out. And you're
1: saying they should have called it quits then? So we should not <laughs>
3: <laughs> But yeah, so DRI is playing tonight.
0: Drunk in the Dumpster gotten a handful of those dates too. They
3: are playing tonight as well. Word. Yeah, I think No Anchor Controls on no it Anchor too. Control, I fucking love No Anchor Control. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the best punk bands in Charlotte. I aspire to be like them. <laughs> we talk
1: about on the show all the time. There's a handful of bands that go, in Charlotte they get up and perform yeah. and put on a show and Commonwealth-
0: and, we, and we always mention Commonwealth and No Anchor Control is one of those bands that we look at and go, they put on a fucking show.
1: Because that's our thing.
0: Is like if you if you pay money to go to a show, right. you don't want to see a band just up there half-assing it and just playing their instruments, getting getting it over with. Mm-hmm. It's like they took the time out of their night; they chose to come to this place, spend money, and put their eyes on you. You I give think, them everything you got. I
3: think you guys bring a lot of energy to your sets too, and
0: that's the reason for it. Is like we appreciate uh-huh. so much when people actually come out to shows it's like you made the choice to come here spend money and now you're standing looking at us mm. we're not gonna stand here and bore you <laughs> we're gonna make sure you get your money's worth Just one foot and pivot <laughs> 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 but that's why we like the commonwealth that's why we like no anchor control that's why we like born heist I all of these love Tiff, man. all she, of these bands put on she is a great show
3: she is a great performer she she rolls around you're the best on the stage yeah She's got that shit down. It's like, dude, that is fucking punk rock as hell.
0: Oh, yeah. No. So just just for the fact, I think we ought to wind up going out to that one tonight. I think that will be a lot of fun. I'm down. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> Add list. Let's see. I think that would make it to be where Monday and Thursday isn't the only time we've got some sort Lord. of music. We went to was...
1: Asheville on Tuesday to see the Super Suckers, who have a new album out that's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, we went and saw The Stir open for Fozzie. Back Fozzy. the microphone away from your mouth a little bit. I thought I was talking softly. <laughs> uh, I saw The Stir open up for Fozzie. Uh, technically, I was out on Thursday singing by myself for open mic. I finally got a night off Thursday. <laughs> Yesterday, we played a show, and tonight, fuck it, let's go see another one. It's I ain't scared. DRI
0: and Drunken the Dumb steering away control. That'd be awesome. That was the silence of agreement. <laughs> <laughs> we all nodded. This, this, is, this is an audio medium. <laughs> we don't have cameras here. Yeah, right.
1: We nodded.
2: We all
0: nodded. In like, yeah. but, but we all just was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: This was a... Actually, we're talking about this, the Super Sucker Show in Asheville, about uh, how uh, a lot of bands do the meet-and-greet packages nowadays, mm-hmm. and who we would... Uh, if there was anybody in the world that we would spend money on. To... Yeah,
0: actually, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So real quick, what actually is your take on, like, so if you go see a big band, what what's your kind of take on the meet and greet packages being like a hundred or so dollars to actually meet them, get a photo, everything? Do you think it's just pointless because it's a catalog? I've never done that.
1: Would you ever?
3: Probably not.
1: What, what about, about if it was like, the, like your all time? What if Joe Strummer came back, the, back to life and... But he's dead. I oh, know. Where this is a what if if he was yes. still alive,
0: and he was doing so some sort of solo tour.
3: <sighs> I fucking love the Clash, man. Joe Strummer is my fucking idol. I mean, I got the guy tattooed on my leg. Yeah. I don't
0: know, man. See, and and that's kind of where we were. For me, I. Unless it was like twenty five bucks, or you know, like like one of the Mad Monster conventions, where it's like you know twenty bucks for a photo, yeah, I'll I'll slide that over, sweet. I'd like to do that, but like a band meet and greet, that's like a couple hundred dollars, I couldn't really justify that. The only way I could is if it was actually a personalized experience, because like for instance, bringing back to Kiss, Gene Simmons is doing that Vault Experience thing, where it's like for two or five grand, you'll meet up at uh, a central location with you know everyone else that purchased one in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an all-day thing. There's food, drinks. He does a Q&A session, hangs out with everyone. Yeah, but- Each one has all this different stuff. So, me personally, I, I still wouldn't spend the money on that even if I had it. But... That sort of thing is getting a little bit closer in line with what I would be willing to spend money on because it's not a okay, you're going through the line. Oh hi, great to meet you. okay, right. t- post for the photo. It's like a
3: book signing. Yeah, right.
0: exactly. it's not a book signing. It's like you're actually hanging out with them. they's just they're sitting there you know chatting with you.
3: but there's food involved. there so is that's, that's awesome. Exactly, so <laughs> it's like
0: <laughs> So that's what I'm saying is like so for me, it, if it was like um if Johnny Ramone was still alive, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay money just to meet the Ramones in a like book signing situation. Cause they, I know their personalities. I've seen enough interviews with them. I've heard about them enough to where I know we would get the bare minimum. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening to the record. (laughs) Snap, you know, and then, you know, (laughs) on the way down the line, you wouldn't get anything. But if it was for a grand or two, Johnny Ramone would come to my place with an acoustic, and he would talk about the stuff that inspired him. Oh. We wouldn't even talk about Ramones. We would talk about the stuff that inspired him and the stuff that he genuinely enjoys in life. He
3: was so conservative, too. He was. He
0: was very. He he we did not put his personal politics, life. Well, you know, like he, he was politically, but he also yeah. didn't really put his personal life out on front street much. No, only
3: Ramone did that. Yeah. The KKK took my baby away was a song about Johnny Ramone taking, yep. his, girlfriend, taking his girlfriend, yeah. Yep. And Johnny played it. <laughs> 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 KKK baby It was probably just like baby fuck it's it. a good song. A baby well, Johnny
2: because like, he saw oh, it.
3: Yeah, it's like another beach song. Well, he knew
0: what it was about even, but the thing was oh, is he, he did. Oh yeah. I mean that that sort of information and knowledge they I mean that's basically how everyone else came to know of is because it got circled around in that group but that's when he really looked at it from the business standpoint of this is a good
1: song we're going to play it I don't give a shit. And he was like strict businessman the whole time too. He yeah. was like the guy as far as getting all that yeah. set up.
0: Yeah, so it's like to be able to finally peel back the layer because his book that was released post-death uh, ghost written by John Cafero. He was the one that helped with a lot of the story of the Ramones or Ramones Raw documentary stuff. Johnny was already planning a book, but there was a little bit of unwritten segment. So he got up with Lydia and a few other people and they kind of finished it up for him. Right. And in the book, he does talk about growing up some. So it's like you got a little bit of a deeper look into John. Personal life, but I would, I'd love. That's the kind of thing. If I had the money, I would spend it on. If it was like two grand, yeah, have. I would love for Johnny to come over. We'd we'd share a drink, just talk about music. We. I would try to avoid even using the word Ramon because I know he would be so tired of it. I'd be like, I would want to just connect with him on just a movie level or anything. That's what I would be willing to spend the money on.
1: Mine would be Keith Richards just because he was such a studio guy and such an all around, just like great musician, anyway. And would fuck, discover all these fucked up tunings on guitar to write just like the most basic riffs and stuff like that, too. And to pick his brain on going into the studio, because he would play bass on a lot of those Stones records and everything, too. He would always be the first one in and the last one out, even in their drug heydays, just because he was just that enamored with it. And yeah. I would love to pick that mindset. And that's why the bass player is never credited on uh, Bill Wyman of the uh, those early Stones records was never credited at all, but I'm sure he wasn't complaining because he was a member of the Rolling Stones.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah, thought, uh, the Wyman was there from the beginning.
1: He was, but Keith Richards played a lot of the uh, bass tracks on uh, the late 60s records. because I got
3: covered. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Go home. Go
1: yeah. home. <laughs> well, take, it would take Mick and uh, everybody else forever to get to the studio because it was the drug heydays, and Keith would be like such the biggest studio nerd, and he and Charlie would get in the – the room and have everything done by the time everybody else got in there and nobody would complain because it was good nine times out of ten. Fucking Richie
3: tells me this story time and time and time again about Charlie Watson, Mick Jagger. Which
1: one? Oh, please do tell. Yes.
3: All right. because I call Richie my drummer? Yeah. He's like, no, you're my singer. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) That's fun. There's a story about the Rolling Stones where Mick Jagger was calling Charlie Watts, his drummer, like all fucking night. And like, I guess he called him to his apartment or something. Right. And Charlie Watts got dressed up in a suit and tie, polished his shoes, everything, goes up to the, f- to the floor in the-, in the room where uh, Mick Jagger was staying. And Mick Jagger over the door, tired, <laughs> and, ch- and fucking Watts knocks him the fuck out, says, you're my fucking singer. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) When Richie uses that shit against me, it's like fuck you, Richie.
1: (laughs) Charlie Watts is probably my favorite member of the group because he does not take for granted the fact that he's in the Rolling Stones, but he does not enjoy the celebrity at all. He's just just like, he's just like, I hate it. (laughs) I don't like being recognized. But he's not hating the paychecks either, I imagine.
0: <laughs> and uh, just even talking about uh, other music stuff that was coming out, did you see what William Shatner released? Uh-uh. He's doing a Christmas record yep. with, a, awesome. with a bunch of fucking celebrities. Let me, I'm going to read off this track listing for you. Jingle Bells with Henry Rollins. Cause they're,
1: yeah, because yeah, they're boys.
0: Blue yeah. Christmas with Brad Paisley. Little Drummer Boy with Joe Lewis Walker. Winter Wonderland with Todd Rundgren and Artemis Pyle. <laughs> like,
1: like Leonard Skinner. Skinner. <laughs> Pyle. What
0: the fuck? <laughs> Twas The Night Before Christmas with Mel Collins. Uh, Run Rudolph Run with uh, Elliot Easton. Ocomo. Oh, from the cars, right on. Uh, Ocoma Manual with uh, Rick Wakeman. Oh, from Yes? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Silver Bells with Ian Anderson. Uh, from Jet <laughs> <Joe's home>. <laughs> <laughs> This one doesn't have any extra credit, so I guess it's just Shatner, but uh, one for you, one for me. I hadn't heard that. I guess that may be an original. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Rudolph with uh, Billy Gibbons.
1: Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. Oh, <dude. laughs>
0: Silent Night with Iggy Pop. I can't wait for this record, dude. White Christmas with Judy Collins. Uh, Feliz Navidad with Danny uh, Bander. And then there's a second version of Jingle Bells, punk rock version with Henry Rollins. I I cannot wait. Wait. Uh, I cannot uh, wait for uh, this uh, record. uh, uh, This is probably going to be uh, the best Christmas record ever.
3: I don't know, man. (laughs) Nat King Cole had a good one. Oh, yeah.
0: William Shatner, though. Look at that. Shatner Claws. Shatner Claws. That
3: guy
1: is 85 or something around that age. Let's see if this says it. He's, he's in his early 80s. Is he yeah. really? Yes. Shatner- he is definitely in his early 80s. I don't know the exact age, but he is up there and just killing it still. We'll see. And he and uh,
0: Henry Rollins were uh, close buds because uh, Shatner's done records before. And uh, Rollins is sang with him, they had a song called I Can't Get Behind That. It's fucking great. It's like a freeform jazz thing oh, yeah, well, on light drums. And I'll, I'll play it for you before we leave. It's like this weird freeform jazz drum beat with a bass line, and, and Shatner's uh, listening off shit he can't get behind, and he'll pass it off to Henry, and he'll start listening. I can't get behind that. It's,
1: it's fucking great. Fuck yeah, I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, so for the fact that all of that's going down. All right, I just looked it up. Fucker is 87 years old. Holy is he?
3: shit. A lot older than I thought.
0: Birthday, March 22nd, 1931. Shatner? Wow. Shatner.
3: He's 87.
0: 87 years Good Lord,
3: old. dude. He's like, what, 13 years away from 100?
0: And he's still no, active dude, as fuck. fuck. I. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, P- uh, Patrick Stewart's 78. And he's still pretty active, too. Yeah. 70 like the new 50 with among uh, celebrities of that caliber these days for some reason.
0: Yeah, that's trippy because you know, I just looked it up on Google, and of course, you know, it shows like the people also search for, and I'm just scrolling through those. Mick Jagger is 75. Well, George Takei is 81. And the thing is, is he kind of shows his age more than Shatner does, in my opinion. I mean,
1: he's more famous now than ever, too. George Decay is. I feel like he was a lot more famous a few years ago. He had
0: like that really popular Facebook or Twitter page. Yeah, he was
1: internet famous for a hot. Yeah,
0: that seems to have kind of died down some, but but yeah, eighty fucking seven years old. No, I really can't wait for that. That's gonna be so cool. Hearing Henry Rollins and Iggy Pop.
3: Eighty seven? Yes, dude. That's like fucking
0: and and the thing if you listen to uh, any of the Rollins spoken word thing he speaks so highly he speaks so highly of and the thing is it's like Shatner is what I want to be when I'm that age. He just wants to have fun. He does what he wants to do, and it makes him happy. If people don't get it, well, damn the rest, this is what I want to do. I want to make an album that has members of punk rock bands and everything else, because I'm fucking William Shatner, damn it.
1: And he seems like he's legit into it, too. Yeah,
0: it's like if he thinks he's going to have fun with it, he does it. And, and that's the kind of attitude I definitely want to have. And that's why we wanted to do the podcast. It's like we know 99% of the people are not going to – our friends are not going to listen to this bullshit, you know. No. So, but it's like we are doing it for us, you know. It's because it's like you've always got something to look back at. If we put cameras in people's faces, people change a little bit. But you're able to get a little bit candid on a microphone you're able to kind of just relax some because there's not like an eye on you you know it's just us hanging out yeah absolutely
3: right so when so when there's long
0: periods you know where folks can't hang out or anything podcasts are actually really cool to be able to go back and listen to because not only do you have photos and videos of friends but you've got this cool little back catalog of funny conversations and stories and you'll always have that to go back and listen to.
1: And it's another opportunity to spread love of our fellow musicians who have new music that we can put on and give a platform to. Exactly. So sp- it's all shit that's good for you. Speaking of which, what's uh, another uh, Commonwealth track you'd like to showcase for everybody? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stick it at the very end of the show. I think we got a little bit more
0: in this, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick it in at the end of the show.
3: Um, yeah. Dying Breed dying breed right and, on yeah the reason why i say that is that we've submitted that to a punk rock smackdown oh word compilation yeah, yeah, yeah. that sean miller and sean miller said so much for the the punk rock scene here and metal scene he he hosts shows all over uh north carolina put out a cd with and that's the track that we submitted for that I'm sorry, I've been drinking today. So oh, no, dude. Oh, <laughs> no, trust me, me, we all wound up. You and me up. both, man. <laughs> No, that's part of the fun on
0: I'm this. I'm speaking you blurry. Uh, dude, trust me, and that's part of the fun on all this. You, you should hear our Fifth read Man read radio episodes. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, really, God. <laughs> just...
3: I realize I'm listening to myself talking like oh, no, <laughs> dude, don't
0: worry about that, please. Listen to anything that we've done before, and we're Uh-oh. sitting here still and going, I'm, the, the,
3: the, 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 yeah. I'm a stuttering pardon.
1: motherfucker anyway. We turn
0: into chuckleheads. If we can't think of something to say, we'll just sit here and go, ha, 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 the entire time. So no, this, is, this one is, so far this has been a way better episode than episode one, in my opinion. I think we've had a lot better conversation. We've had a little bit better things to say. We're not oh, just yeah. sitting here ch- uh, chuckling at ourselves. And part of that is we've got Simon here, and you're just awesome company we love talking Uh with you
3: i appreciate it (laughs) yes props to sean miller because the guy does so much for the music scene here in uh north carolina he put out this the uh the uh the cd Mm -hmm. the punk rock smackdown yeah it's like 30 bands
0: yeah because he's been putting on the punk rock smackdown shows yeah how many has he been averaging on those because it seems like they've been popping up a lot lately right yeah it's it's a pretty cool little thing, you know. He's kind it, of like built in his own little roster of you know punk bands.
3: We uh, we've played Wilmington, we've played Raleigh, Asheville, mm-hmm. Charlotte. This is pretty much all across the state. But he put out the uh, CD with like pretty much every band who has played us Punk Rock Smackdown. Right, it's like thirty bands, and it's a it, 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 it's it's goddamn I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> it's so good. There are so many good bands here in. North Carolina Mm -hmm.
1: and Dying Braids on that compilation right on well where can people find that compilation if you know
0: right
3: off Uh, do you know Sean Miller (laughs) the listeners don't (laughs) do you know Sean Miller (laughs) right on you should know Sean Miller (laughs) (laughs) no actually I don't know if.
0: we'll throw it up on the uh, Facebook and Twitter page for you by by the time this comes out, I'll make sure and get the links and everything all together. We'll throw it up on the page and everything, because, of course, we just want to spread the word of good music. If it's good music, that means it's something good for you. If you like it, and if it makes you happy, that's something good for you.
3: And so, yeah, Dying Breed is the track that we've uh, submitted to that. Mm-hmm. It personally, is one of my favorite songs.
0: How was the uh, songwriting on that one? Was it primarily like lyrics from you and Riffage, or how did that one kind of come to be?
3: Uh, yeah, I... I... I don't know. I just
0: <laughs> it just kind of came to be? Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I mean, I just came up with it. And once, once I had the riffs and everything, because it's got that voice sound to it. Mm-hmm,
1: it really you know, does. It's like that form, yeah. that's that, that, that very rah rah
3: rah. You know, chugga, 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 chugga. The lyrics have been toying around with in my head, and they seem to fit. Right. Yeah, you know, I've been working with lyrics in my head for a little while now. So. And they
1: are, and you have great melodies to these songs too. You really do. Oh, there you really do. Thank you. So I know it's like, I know it's like punk rock and aggressive and like brass as fuck, but there's a melodic quality to it, like an almost like Irish, Irish feel to it.
3: I'm a big fan of balance. Right. I like aggressive, punch in the balls type music, but I want it to be balanced out. Mm-hmm. With a lighter side. Because your audience sings with the fuck out of these songs, too. Melodies and harmonies. And well, they're great and sing-alongs. That's what well, I was trying to Yeah. 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 That's, yeah.
1: And, and it's something to aspire to, though especially with, fun. like, uh, us writing our songs and everything too. We try to kind of take cues from that and.
3: Oh yeah,
0: because everyone has a chance to learn, and that, and again that cycles back to, because you have such catchy songs that helps with the performance because the audience really can get into it, and of course you feed off the audience, so that only helps improve your performance. It's,
3: it's fucking amazing, man. It's it fun. is. I'm, I'm, I'm such so, a
0: transfer of energy.
3: I'm so humbled by it because that's, man, when I see somebody singing my lyrics back to me, mm-hmm. like at a show, I'm playing and they're right there singing my, like, pointing at me, you know, singing my lyrics back. and like, holy fuck, just take the mic, dude. I know,
0: isn't that, isn't that such a weird thing? Like, Lyrics that you thought of just in your underwear, walking through the house, getting ready for work yeah, in the morning. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're playing a show, and these people in the front are yelling it back at you, and you're just like, That's an wow. I hadn't really had that before until maybe about a year ago when we released uh, Hit the Gas. And that was the first time we had, like, a really catchy chorus. And we went up to the rim. It was the first time we had played the rim. But Brad had kind of, you know, gotten everyone kind of on board, you know, really pumped them full, you know, showing them the band before, you know, we came up. And as soon as we started playing Hit the Gas and they, like... Three or four people up in the front, you know, just immediately fist up. Turn it up and get it loud. I, I, I couldn't sing for a split second. I was just like, uh, 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 uh. it's humbling. It really is. It, it,
3: it brings you, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, but yes, it's humbling. <laughs> it's just, yeah, but
0: it's also a testament to how good your songwriting is. If people connect to it in that way, they're going to sing it back to I'm you. I'm just
3: going to beat myself up well we all are I'm still gonna do that. We,
0: we all think we can do better but as long as but that's what keeps it good as long as we continually think i can do better than this i can do better than this our music is always going to get better the moment we sit here and go this is the absolute best we are the best we just got to keep doing oh, this now. That's
1: that's never gonna happen,
0: and that's yeah. when it winds up going wrong. When you wind up it's thinking like, you got it all
1: figured out. I always use the Roadrunner Coyote example, where uh, the uh, there's one Looney Tune cartoon where the Wily Coyote uh, catches the Roadrunner, and he says, "I did it! I finally got him!" Now what do I do with it?
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so it's like you you just always have to chase and just always strive to be that better songwriter and performer. At least oh. in our eyes. No, yep. oh, no, and
3: and. I'm really, uh, really fucking thankful that I have Dan because he, he writes half our songs. Right. I mean, you look at our set list, okay, we're doing, okay, say, say we'll do 10 songs mm-hmm. for a list. Five of those are his. Right. And Dan, you know, he's like, hey, we've got something, you know, you want to work on it? I'm like, dude, show me what you got. Yeah. Whatever you write, you sing, mm-hmm. you fucking just have at it and everything. And, um, Oh, yeah, it's, he, he's, he's remarkable.
0: He really is. Fuck yeah. Yeah, because I've been following uh, him and Richie because they've been in a few other bands uh, nice. throughout the uh, years. That's how I met them. Yeah, and that's how I originally saw them too. And, and to be just completely honest, I thoroughly enjoy them in the role of Commonwealth. I think they're able to really show what kind of musicians they can be.
3: I liked them with, um. To be honest with you, I liked, I like I liked All Rise. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I was with Ghost of Bannockburn, um, we had asked for All Rise to open for us.
1: We played a few shows with All Rise. Uh, the first show I ever played with the fill-ins, All Rise was on, and that was at Tremont when, uh, for the uh, Chris Piegler uh, tribute show. Yep. And, I, and I never, and I, yeah, yeah, we played the floor and that was your very first show with us. I never knew uh, Tyler and Murdoch at all, really personally. I know everybody's got an opinion I was going to say, he, town, he sure
0: loves stirring up that Facebook drama. He, yeah.
3: Yeah, he unfriended me because I took his band.
0: <laughs> oh, well. And, and But that's also kind of what I'm saying is, like, I, I think they're able to really showcase who and what they are better with the Commonwealth. Well, Absolutely. He, well,
3: here's the thing. It's like, I approached Dan about it. Mm-hmm. And, because, um, like I said, All Rise is open for Ghost of Vampire number four, and I really... Like Dan as a bass player, yeah. I saw him one day at Common Market, and I'm like, "Hey man, I'm what's you know side side project you or project you're in. He's like, "When and where?" I'm like, "Cool, I'll get back to you." And I approached Richie because I knew Richie and Dan had uh, had the history of you know playing together, mm-hmm. and Richie's like, "Man, he's like, I got to, I'll let you know in about a week or so. He's yeah, like, I can't give an answer right now, but I'll, I'll let you know." I'm like. That's cool. Fair enough. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> A week, and the thing is, Tyler had posted something on Facebook about All Rise and how he could kick Richie and Dan out or, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kind of vague. Yeah. Facebook bullshit. Yeah. I had commented. I'm like, so can I have your band members if that's the case? And he actually likes my comments. Yeah. And you were like, okay, well, no, that, that, that's, that's approval. That a yes. Dude, no, I'm like, serious. Can I have your band members? You liked it. to <laughs> you motherfucking friends me. I'm like, yeah, what, I, dude, I, was, I was serious.
2: I, I was
0: never able to get a read on them. And, you know, I'm not here to you know, say anything rude about it. It's, it's all Facebook drama. I barely knew the guys. Just looking at it from a musical standpoint, I think what's going on now was meant to be, and it's fucking awesome.
3: I... I I've, I really appreciate that. And well, i tell you what, one uh, one other thing
0: I wanted to bring up before we uh, round it off is it's kind of wound up being a tradition. Uh, Cap shared a few. I've shared one last episode about Marky Ramone. Have you had any fucked up celebrity or um, music encounters, like meeting someone that was like a famous musician or what have you?
2: Uh, <laughs> no. No. Because, uh, no, no. I didn't meet him.
1: Uh-huh. But was it a bizarre kind of situation? Yes, All yes, right, what was it? What is
3: yes. it? <laughs> this is back when I was married, my wife at the time, and I were living in Florida with our with our two kids. We used to, and we used to take the kids to like Disney World like twice a month. Yeah, you know, we're in line for Space Mountain. I hear this guy laughing. I turn around. and I look, and you know who uh, Jim Brewer is?
2: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Goat Boy. Yeah, Go yeah. Boy,
1: SNL, and yeah. uh, Half-Baked, and all got, that. He's
3: got a very recognizable look. He really combo. does. He's like, he, he tucks his chin. He always looks stoned. Loves- his eyes are always squinted. Well, he has sunglasses on. Right. He tucks, he tucks his chin in when he laughs and everything. I'm like, see, so i looking at him I'm like... That's Jim Brewer. That's <laughs> Jim Brewer. And they're laughing because the, the little girl was as high as the sign. Right. What's the rise? She was like jumping. Ah. Uh, to to, you know, yeah. he's like laughing at her and everything. And then next to Jim Brewer there's a guy about my height. Mm-hmm. Slicked back blonde hair, tattoos, hot rod flames. Yeah. Pock marks. It's James' motherfucking headfield. No what? shit. I swear to God. I swear to God. Wow. I, I mean, I grew up loving Metallica. Yeah. As like, we all did, yeah. Yes. I fucking love Metallica. I had posters all over my walls. I know what the guy looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's about my height, you know? Yeah. I'm sitting there looking at him like, he had, he had like the goatee, you know? Yeah. And I'm sitting there fucking, oh my God. Oh my God. That's James motherfucking Hetfield. <laughs> and they're in the back, he, and I know that... Jim Brewer, he had, like, a talk show for a very short time. Right. But he likes that kind of music. Oh, yeah, his
0: comedy specials are full of, you know, just different metal and rock and roll references. His
1: crowd is metal metal
3: as fuck. Yeah, Yeah. so he's, yeah, into that. So I'm like, well, they both live in L.A., so it's like, it's not crazy that they'd be friends, you know. And I'm sitting there, and my... (laughs) My son, my son Julian, Julian was like, Isn't that Go Boy right there? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but look who's that next to him. And the woman in line turned turned around. And she was in front of us. She turned around. She's like, Yeah, my son was telling me that I was just like uh, the singer of some band. I'm like, You're goddamn right, a singer of some band. That was motherfucking headfield from Metallica. <laughs> uh-huh. and I was like going off and everything. And sure as shit, the. Uh, the, the Disney employee comes up. and like, okay, guys, VIP tour this way.
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, fucking oh, yeah, That's James fucking Hetfield.
3: <laughs> and I just I wanted to shake his hand. Yeah. Because Metallica, yeah, they put out some shitty fucking albums. But, but, but goddamn, it's but James fucking Hetfield. When they were the shit, they were the yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 Completely. Like Ride the Lightning. Master Puppets is a fucking masterpiece.
0: I was just talking with him. I'd say my top two of just those early eras is Kill'em All and Master. And that Damage Incorporated
1: is probably one of the best thrash songs ever. Mattel can do whatever the fuck they want because of Ride the Lightning to me.
3: Ride the Lightning is badass too.
1: Yeah, that's
0: my favorite.
3: Cliff Burton related.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) God, so, he was just there, such
1: an amazing bassist.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Died at, what, 24? So don't
1: don't like that. Way too fucking But, but y- you y- were able to get, so, like, yeah. VIP uh, access? They or? did. Oh, okay.
0: oh, yeah, yeah, James yeah. James
3: Jim Brewer, I'm like, okay, they're special, because they're getting VIP shit. <laughs> and so... Uh, it was funny like the entire day I'm like looking around for him <laughs> like I go to the parks I'm you're like, like fucking squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> we're going this ride okay I'm going for James Hetfield <laughs> that's great uh, I know what the guy fucking looks like and here here's the funny thing I was working for uh, Budweiser at the time
1: uh-huh. continue the story I'm out to set the phone down so I really have to pee <laughs> <laughs> continue
3: the story though but um, I was working, for, and I went into work, and well, yeah, well, I was talking to uh, one of the drivers, and I was telling him, I was like, you know who, who, who Jim Brewer is? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, go boy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, stay life He's like, yeah, he's my cousin. No shit. Sure. I'm like, what? He's like, dude, what's my last name? I'm like, Brewer! <laughs> Holy shit! Your last name is Brewer? His last name and it was I'm like, your last name is Brewer, his last name is Brewer, you must be related. He's like, yeah, he's like, was he with a uh, woman like, you know, early thirties, blonde hair, not Hollywood attractive, mm-hmm. but you know, pretty. Yeah. i like, yeah, A little girl about maybe four years old. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's my cousin. Dude, he fucking like, called out the family. Wow. That's he's like, crazy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's my cousin.
1: I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> I'm
0: like, you lose James Headfield! <laughs>
3: no, um And so yeah uh, Oh no no go yeah. ahead go ahead. No, no he's I, like, like yeah, they probably know each other. That's cool. Now, yeah. I was
0: telling uh Cap last time because uh I don't think the uh, episode's aired by the point of uh, you being able to hear this, but just a brist version because people have already heard it. But just my encounter meeting Marky Ramone. It started on Facebook spa- uh, sparring. See, he, he he referred to Johnny Ramone as former guitarist Johnny Ramone. Because you know there was only one guitarist at the Ramones. Yeah. You got to be replaced to be a former guitarist. Absolutely. Not so I commented, you know, unlike former drummer Marky Ramone,
2: uh, and he didn't take too
0: kindly to that. Um, and eventually, I got like a personal message from like his Mark Bell page, not like his Marky Ramone page, and it's on my Facebook somewhere. But he was he was eventually like, grow up and have kids. Well, met him at that Mad Monster Party that same year. He was being just an absolute dick just to people everywhere. And I tried, like, you know, I wasn't punishing him, but, you know, I was going to try and let him know, you know, hey, my mom raised me on your music. I appreciate it. Yeah. Got about that far out. He got up, started bitching at someone, taking photos at him and everything else. He just sits back down and just looks at me. And finally, I'm just like, okay, I, I tried. Leaned over. And-, 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 <laughs> and essentially, I was just like, you remember a guy named Alex Stiff? He goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You run your Facebook?" He goes, "Yeah, sometimes it's like maybe a post about you know former guitarist Johnny Ramone." He just kind of leans back. He's like, "Yeah, you can leave." <laughs> he was he was not a fan
1: of Alex Duff on that. <laughs> Hey, I'm back from my pee break
0: <laughs> and yelling right into the microphone.
1: Yeah, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the tail end of uh, a Amaki Wamon story. Yeah, I was just
0: giving a super abridged version to it. That way, uh, Simon knows <laughs> the kind of bullshit <laughs> we've gone through. Noises over there, <laughs> along with I didn't. Give yeah, it, but I'll, uh, you can go back
1: and listen to the episode. But uh, like when you were meeting um, Ghostface Killer, yeah, from <laughs> yeah that was John a quiz. Had one about Lemmy. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's something we should do with everybody. I think life. that What's... should be a reoccurring thing because slowly but steadily, people have been
0: slowly meeting. You know, someone at least their opinion is you know a celebrity. I, I would I would count Eddie Spaghetti as a celebrity music encounter. Somebody you're a really? fan. Somebody well, some, you're... well someone I'm a fan of. Yeah, someone you're a you know? fan
1: of that you respect. Yeah,
0: that you that's not like uh, you know. Easy to I'm, get. I'm up. A fan of you guys. Are well, you guys but, but, but people that are uh, you can't really <laughs> hang ragaz- out with. Us? you know. <laughs> yeah, you hang out with us. That's different.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm talking about like when we met C J Ramon. You know that that that's that's different. You and know C
3: J. But still that's Ramon. Kind of still- Tommy. That's not. That's, that's still, still like. like it's more still a Ramon. Ever ever get probably. Dude, I can give my name. I I can get Simon Ramon. I'm Simon Ramon. <laughs> you know what? And you know Simon. what? And if uh, Johnny and oh, Legacy,
0: <laughs> and if Johnny and Joey had knighted you a Ramon, I would accept it.
3: Was there a process to that?
0: He was an official signed member.
3: How would you become a Ramon? Oh, it was tryouts. And yeah, he
0: fit the
1: part. Johnny legit said, "We're gonna go out and find a DD clone that plays yeah. bass like that." Yeah. yeah, they they held
0: tryouts. They held everything.
3: Come on, man, you can't replace DD. You can't. Not
1: songwriting quality,
0: no. but as far <laughs> no, Not- you you one hundred percent can't replace DD. But that was what they were trying to do, and they just they got someone all their own, and that's why they were happy with it. But no, so if if you were if you were knighted a Ramon, by Joey, and Johnny, I'd
3: accept that too. That, that's what I was actually more curious about was, um, How do you get knighted, Ramon? That was
0: just my own terminology. I'm just saying, like when you
3: when you when you you, it's very good. Well, when you
0: (laughs) I I would assume, like when you officially join the Ramones, you can be a Ramon. Yeah, you know. So that's
1: even even Richie. We hold some kind of clout too because he made some great records in the mid '80s with them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you know. So any little thing like that, someone that's not easily accessible, you know, in the music world, I would count as that because you know. If you don't look at those sort of people with that sort of admiration, you know, that's the building blocks for bigger bands becoming what they are, you know, giving them that sort of love support and like, oh, my God, you're this is fucking great and spreading the word as if you do see them as they're a celebrity only helps further everyone's cause because they're appreciative of you spreading the word. And then it only helps them to reach a broader audience. And then you get to go, oh, my God, you know, my friends. Yes, they're in a great band. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, they're on national tours and you get to go, hey, guess what? That celebrity you're freaking out about. He's actually my friend and he actually is a cool guy. You know. So that's why we kinda look at any sort of, you know, person that's outside our musical realm to be someone that we look at like that and right, be like, Wow, right, right. you're cool. You're awesome. Are you my friend? Yay!
2: <laughs>
0: Pretty much. And that's why we're so happy that come twenty nineteen we're gonna be doing a lot more shit with the Commonwealth.
3: Ah uh, fucking yeah, I'm down. Yes,
0: yeah, so we just gotta get our own shit in order band-wise. <laughs> it's yeah. always in a constant multiple plate spinning, making sure uh, we can actually continue to do shows. <laughs> this is
1: what we do with our lives, folks. Yes. But it, I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Tuesday, we went to Asheville. Wednesday, we went to... You Omosphere recapped this show. already. Oh, did we already? Yeah. You-
0: <laughs> I'm having Cap, fun. Cap's starting to repeat himself. Simon's how many beers in? Well, you, like, well, <laughs> well that's what Yeah, that's
1: part of how fried my brain is of how busy this week is. That should be an indicator of how... How uh, maniacally busy we stay over here folks But
0: hey, you know We're not staying busy doing stuff that we hate We're staying busy going out to shows that we want to see Mm -hmm. Recording podcasts with dear friends of ours Making memories I'm I'm very
3: glad to be here
0: So even though we're staying busy It's something good for you you And this has been this week's episode Tune in next week We don't know what the hell we're doing But same time, same place (laughs) Did, Did you ever think of an outro? No Asshole <laughs> Fine, we'll rip off Dave ship Chappelle it up <laughs> ship it out. Nope, we're not that one We're ripping off Dave Chappelle again I'm Dave Chappelle again <laughs> if, And if people ask us why We say fuck them, that's why There you go <laughs>
1: Another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network.
3: Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.